faithfulness tonight. I appreciate you being here. I know there's many other places you could have been, but you chose to be here. And I appreciate that tonight. And uh, stay faithful. Amen. Stay faithful. Uh, you know, there's times tonight, I don't know why I'm saying all this, I'm going through anyhow. Uh, there's times the devil likes to fight and, and, and uh, try his best to keep us at the house. Amen. I know exactly how that is. Stay faithful. Carry on tonight. Amen. Acts chapter number 7, you find your place. Amen. Amen. Acts chapter 7, verse number 22 through verse number 29. This has got to help us tonight. The Bible said this in verse number 22. And when he was cast out, Pharaoh's daughter, uh, excuse me, that's verse 21. Let me back up to verse 22 where I said I was going to be. The Bible said, And Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians, and was mighty in words and in deeds. And when he was full, forty years old, it came into his heart to visit his brethren, the children of Israel. And seeing one of them suffer wrong, he defended him and avenged him that was oppressed, and smote the Egyptian. For he supposed his brethren would have understood how that God by his hand would deliver them. But they understood not. And the next day he showed himself unto them as they strove and would have set them at one again, saying, Sirs, you are brethren, why do you wrong one to another? But he that did his neighbor wrong thrust him away, saying, Who made thee a ruler and a judge over us? Wilt thou kill me as thou didst the Egyptian yesterday? Then fled Moses at this saying, and was a stranger in the land of Midian, where he begat two sons. Now there's a lot in this tonight, and I'm going to kind of go a little bit slower than normal, a little bit different pace. But in our last study, and in our last studies, we've been dealing with this deacon named Stephen. Most of us know that by now. Uh, we've seen tonight how that he has been pointing these Jews that were this Sanhedrin council tonight, he's been pointing them to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we've saw that he's been doing that by using these Old Testament saints of God. And he'd done that because he knew that it was these Jews in this council who would be familiar with all this people that Stephen is talking about tonight. So this whole time, what Stephen is doing is that he's trying to show these Jews how that Jesus Christ is the Messiah who had come. And he'd come, we know tonight, for the Jew first, and then he come for the Gentile. The Bible said in Romans chapter 2 and verse number 10, But glory, honor, and peace to every man that worketh good, to the Jew first and also to the Gentiles. So we know tonight that he had come to his own. You and I know tonight that his own received him not. Talking about Christ. They cried out, crucify him, crucify him. And he died for the Jew. But I sure am glad tonight that he came. For the Gentile. Ain't you glad tonight to be saved? Amen. And that's part of what Stephen is now trying to show these Jews this time. 
And we know tonight that these Jews, they're going to reject Christ. And then, hallelujah, He's going to come to the Gentiles. Now, I don't think there's any Jews here tonight. If you are, you've never told me. But I'm glad tonight that you and I, Gentiles, can be saved and born again because the Jews rejected Him and He came down to us. It's a blessing tonight to be saved. But before I get ahead of myself, we've gotten, we've not gotten that far yet, Lord willing, we will tonight. But here in the book of Acts, at any rate, we've been looking at this long servant of Stephen's and in our last study, we read verse 13. And we looked where the Bible says, and at the second time, Joseph was made known to his brethren, and Joseph's kindred was made known unto Pharaoh. So, we looked in our last study at how that Stephen was looking back here at the life of Joseph, and the whole time, what he was doing tonight, he's giving them a type and a shadow tonight, if you will, of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's as we said in our last study in verse number 13, we see the picture here of a reunion tonight, right? A reunion with God. And so tonight we know that Israel will one day have a reunion with the God that they rejected. They're going to know that He's the Messiah and they're going to repent of their sin and they're going to see what they've done. Now also tonight, when I think about a reunion, I think about the day, friend, that you and I are going to get to see our loved ones and we're home to be with Jesus. I'm telling you tonight, what a reunion that you and I are going to have tonight. First of all, I believe that we'll set the feet of Jesus Christ. And I believe that we'll get to see Him and worship Him. Now, I don't know how long we'll worship Him, but I know tonight that a thousand days may be as one day up there. But I'm telling you, friend, ain't you glad that you've got a hope tonight that all that it went on to be with Jesus we are going to be reunited with Him one of these days. What a day it's going to be. You know, I sit around sometimes and I ponder and wonder just what they're doing up there. i tell you one thing. i tell you this. Sometimes I'm a little bit jealous of them. Just to be honest with you. When I'm swinging a hammer at work and they're up there rejoicing, but I know this. I'm going to see them again one day. All them that were saved. There's going to be a reunion tonight. But the Bible said this. We read that and we read verse 14. And the Bible said, Then set Joseph and called his father Jacob to him and all his kindred three score and fifteen souls. Now, Joseph's father thought that he was dead. Right? But little did he know tonight his son was alive and he is well. He did not know what the brothers had done to Joseph. And just like this was a surprise to him. One day, it is going to be a surprise to those remaining Jews that look upon Christ and see Him as their Messiah. And that day, friend, is going to come. It's going to happen. So, Jesus Christ is their Messiah. But I'm glad tonight if you're saved, He's yours. Ain't you glad tonight, friend, that it is very personal, your salvation, you and Christ. Ain't you glad tonight that He is a personal Savior? We see that. Then we read verse 15 through 16. The Bible said this. So Jacob went down into Egypt and died. He and our fathers. And were carried over into Sachem. And laid in the sepulcher that Abraham bought for a sum of money of the sons of Emor, the father of Sachem. We read that. We talked about what this shows. It showed that they were not of the world. Because even though they died in Egypt, they were buried somewhere else. May I say to you tonight, if you are saved, 
Ain't you glad this world is not our home? I'm telling you tonight, I, this is not, this world is not my hope tonight. I'm glad that the picture gets much bigger and much better every day that I live. I mean, friend, I am 35 years old now. And I think about, uh, I, I think about, uh, death more than I ever have and I guess as you get older they say you think about it more but I'm telling you tonight ain't you glad that when you think about it in your mind you know that this is not the end there are better days that lie ahead for the child of God ain't you glad this world ain't all that we have to look forward to these people were not from the world tonight amen they died in Egypt but they wasn't buried there our soul is going to be with Christ the day that we die Ain't that good tonight to know that? Well, we read all that. We read verse 17. The Bible says, But when the time of the promise drew nigh, which God had sworn to Abraham, the people grew and multiplied in Egypt. Now, what's going on in our text is that even though they were in the place, they were not part of. It was God who is blessing His people tonight. God blessing their sin. That generation had died, and now His people are getting blessed in a land that they don't belong in. Can I shout there for just a second? You and I may not belong to this land, but God has richly blessed you and I tonight. If you've got a car that drove you to the house of God tonight, can I say, friend, you have been blessed. If you go home tonight and the rain starts coming down, may I say to you tonight, you can look up at your roof and you ought to wave your hand and you ought to say, thank you, God. I've been blessed. I'm telling you, we are a blessed people tonight. Boy, I wish that half the people of the world could see it. I wish half the saved people could see it. I really do. We have been blessed. I mean, friend, how many of you woke up this morning and had shoes to wear? How many of you woke up this morning and had 50 pairs of shoes you could have wore? Don't answer that. I don't even care. We've been blessed beyond measure tonight. Friend, that's the grace of God. He didn't have to, but He blesses us anyhow. So, the grace of God. We saw that. We read verse 18 through 21. The Bible said this, Till another king arose which knew not Joseph. The same dealt subtly with our kindred and evil treated our fathers so that they cast out their young children to the end that they might not live. In which time Moses was born and was exceeding fair and nourished up in his father's house three months. And when he was cast out, Pharaoh's daughter took him up, nourished him for her own son. As we closed out our last study, we dealt with how God was keeping that seed of Christ alive through this woman that was Pharaoh's daughter who wanted all the children to be killed. May I say to you tonight, the seed is still alive and he'll never die. John 15 and 13 tonight says this, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Stephen tonight is telling this council who wants him killed about a man who loved them enough to shed every drop of his blood and they still want to kill Stephen. That's sad, ain't it? They wouldn't listen to him. Christ made a way when there was no way. 
Stephen's trying to show these men, they too have a way that's gotten him into a lot of trouble in our text tonight with the people. Now let's get back to our study and see if God will help us tonight and see what else it is that Stephen's going to tell these men. Let's read verse 22 again. The Bible said, And Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was mighty in words and deeds. Now, again, these people knew Moses. This was not a man that they did not know, that they hadn't been acquainted with. This is a man that they had a lot of respect for. And as we said in our last study, when all the male children were ordered to be killed, it was Moses that still yet lived. Now, it was God who had a plan and a purpose for Moses in his life. And I want to say this tonight. If you're alive, God's got a plan for you. He does. If he didn't, you wouldn't be sitting here tonight. You have a purpose. You have a place. And uh, God's got you here for a reason. Okay? So, with Moses tonight. Not only was it him who had to carry on Abraham's seed. Moses did, that Christ would come through. It was him tonight that would lead God's people out of a land called Egypt. We can see Christ in all this tonight. I'm going real slow. I really want you to understand this. We can see Christ in Moses because it was at the birth of Christ. A man named Herod was the king. Now get a hold of this. He wanted all the children killed of that day. The devil was at work again. Trying to kill the seed of Christ, okay? Uh, Christ had been born, we know that. And then came Herod, he heard about the birth of Christ, and he wanted to kill all those babies so that hopefully he could kill Christ. The Bible said in Matthew 2 and 16, Then Herod, when he saw that he was mocked of the wise men, was exceeding wrong, and sent forth and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem, and in all the coasts thereof. From two years old and under, according to the time which he had diligently inquired of the wise men. So here again, the line of Christ is attacked in our Bible. May I say to you tonight, the line of Christ, even though the world can't do away with it, it's still being attacked in our day. There's one TV show in particular on the Discovery Channel that I remember saying that Christ is an alien. The only true part about that he is, is that he's not from this planet. Amen. He's from another world. Amen. Well, anyhow, he's not an alien tonight. He's God. Amen. So Christ, uh, the line of Christ was attacked. It's Jesus who had already been born at the time. And even though they tried, it was Christ who remained alive. Just like Moses was alive at that time. But now going back to Stephen, going back to Moses, he tells this counsel in this verse as well. That Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians, and he said he was mighty in words. Now, how's this a picture of Jesus Christ? Look at this. Moses was an unusual boy. Can we say that tonight? He was mighty in words. He was mighty in deeds. So he must have said some things that had the people looking like we do at the TV when we hear something strange. Huh? You ever do that? Don't, don't answer that either. I don't want to know. He done things that were amazing. And we know tonight that that was done because it was God that had chosen Moses here so that he could lead this people out of bondage tonight. Just like Christ led those of us that are saved, amen, out of the slavery of sin tonight, out of the bondage of sin. So this Moses would also not take the name tonight as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. In our text, back over there, I believe it's in Exodus. So it's this, name, this man named Moses, he wasn't looking. 
for the king of Egypt. Oh no, friend. He was looking for another king. He remembered the promise that God had made. There was coming a deliverer. And Moses believed that. Amen. So Moses knew that God would keep his promise. That promise was that a Messiah was coming. And we know the deliverer is coming. We know his name is Christ. So it was Moses that had went with God. He had turned his back on the Egyptian throne of that day. And even on all their riches and all their fame tonight. May I say to you tonight that we need some people that will be like Moses. We are living in a land today that is full of riches, that is full of things, and that is what they're following. Now, there's nothing wrong with having riches and having things, and, 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 but here's the thing. Does, does your riches and your things have you? Or do you have them? See, that's the question. Moses said, I'll turn my back on all that, and I'm going with God. So Moses is the type of Christ. He's mighty in word and in deed. The Bible said this about Christ. In John 7 and 46, the officers answered, Never man spake like this man. So I bet that it's also the Egyptians who probably thought that about Moses as well. And we see all that. Now look at something else. Read verse 23 through 25. The Bible said this. And when he was full 40 years old, it came into his heart to visit his brethren, the children of Israel. And seeing one of them suffer wrong, he defended them and avenged him that was oppressed and smote the Egyptian, Moses did. For he supposed his brethren would have understood how that God by his hand would deliver them, but they understood not. The deliverer was coming. Moses believed that. So, right here's a picture of Christ in these verses. This is amazing tonight. Even though this was a time, we see the people of Moses' day are just like these Jews in Stephen's day. They understood not. I say to you tonight, it was the children of Israel who had got themselves under the bondage of the people of Egypt because of what they done. They rebelled against God. So what they're doing here tonight is they're reaping what they had sown. May I say this to you tonight in all, in all respect? I hear a lot of Christian people say this, and this statement just tears me up more than it should. But they say, karma's going to come your way. That drives me nuts. I don't believe in that. What's karma, preacher? Karma is what Hindus believe. If you do good, it'll come back to you. Well, what do we believe? We believe in reaping and sowing, right? The Bible said in Galatians 6, 7 through 8, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. The children of Israel's fathers had rebelled. They're in the land of Egypt tonight in doom and for that, but it was God who had raised up a deliverer even though the people did not understand. It was Moses that is just like Jesus Christ, just in the fact that from his birth, he was set apart from his kinsmen. He was set apart to do something for God. He, Jesus, tonight was set apart because it was God's only begotten Son. And what had happened tonight was that blindness had come in part to Israel. But now looking back at Moses, it was even when his people had seen him that he still yet identified himself with those people. I'm going somewhere with this. Look at this. Bible says in verse 23. It came into his heart to visit his brethren. How many of you agree tonight that we are nothing but a bunch of sinners? Two yeses. One person will deal at me. I'm just kidding. We're a bunch of sinners. This is amazing to me tonight. 
Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, would come down here and identify with us. Friend, we didn't deserve that, but He done it anyhow. So we know tonight that's what He done. Because that was what God had put into the heart of Moses' heart. Just like it was even though you and I had done wrong, all sin comes short of the glory of God. God put it into the heart of His darling Son to come and identify with us. Now, maybe you didn't know this. I don't know. But this is the whole point of Jesus Christ being baptized by John the Baptist. Why? To identify with you and me. Now, once you and I get baptized, it does not save us, but it shows that we've identified with Him. Oh, man. Ain't you glad tonight that something as vile and as wretched and as nasty as we are can identify with something as holy and righteous as He is? Ain't you glad tonight, friend, that Christ come and identified with us as sinful as we are? And He said, I'll go to Calvary for you when nobody else will. I'm telling you, friend, Moses was sent to deliver the children of Israel. Jesus Christ was sent to deliver us. Boy, I tell you, if we ever get a hold of that, I wouldn't even get to preach for us this. Is that that Jesus went to take a death blow at the devil? Listen, he was tempted by Satan in the wilderness. But we know that the devil couldn't tempt Jesus Christ uh, to do wrong because he never done any wrong. That's what's signified here by Moses smiting the Egyptian in verse 24. That's what that's talking about. So this whole thing that Stephen's telling these men is to point them to the Savior of the world. Just like Moses was the Savior, lowercase s, Savior of the children of Israel at that time. The sad part about it all is they understood it not. Just like this Sanhedrin council would not understand it either. Just like many in our day would not understand it as well. You and I need to pray that God would open up the eyes of those that are blind. And may I say to you tonight, there's a lot of safe folk that are being blinded today as well. If God would open up our eyes to what Jesus Christ done for us, this church house would be packed out next week. I know some people can't read this, so I'm talking about. If we really got a hold of what Christ done for us, we'd want to be here every time we got a chance. There was a man today I was talking to at work. He's a colored man. I love him to death. He comes out there. And he talks to me all the time. I've become acquainted. He's become one of my good friends. I think we're going to take him out to eat. I love him. And we come out there today. And we just talking about God saving us. And this old boy, just out of nowhere, just started weeping and crying. And I said, Lord, God, if I could get that tore up over what Jesus done for me. I'm telling you, friend, right there in front of God and everybody, this man just went to cry. He didn't care. Hey, friend, I'm telling you, that's where we need to get today. Christ came and identified with you and me in the wretched shape we are. Hey, friend, people's eyes need to be open. Our eyes need to be more open. Friend, we should have a heart like Stephen does in our text, and we shouldn't want anybody to die and go to hell. Hey, Stephen wants to see these people get saved. That's why he's telling them all this stuff. Uh, let's see. We see all this. Look at something else. Read verse 26 through 28. The Bible said this. Let me find it. 
And the next day he showed himself unto them as they strove and would have set them at one again saying, Sirs, your brethren, why do you wrong one another? But he that did his neighbor wrong thrust him away, saying, Who made thee a ruler and a judge over us? Now we're getting somewhere. Stephen is telling all this to this council. And what you and I can see tonight, it was Moses tonight who wanted his brethren to know that God had not only raised them up to get them out of Egypt and to redeem them out of that land, but God brought Moses to bring peace to a nation. May I say to you tonight, that's why Christ came to you and I. To a world that knows no peace tonight, Christ came to the world. Friend, He came to give peace like Moses when He stepped on the scene. It was when Jesus stepped on the scene. It was a tough time. People were arguing. People are bickering. People are fighting. Just like with Moses. There was a time of the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Zealots, and all them seized there. And they were arguing tonight. They couldn't get along with one another. There were this group of the Essenes as well. It was them that were under Roman ruin that day. There was no peace at this time. So we see there was oppression. But it was Jesus tonight that was just like Moses. They both came preaching that there was peace to the world because it was Jesus who had come and taught the Sermon on the Mount taught them a better way of living, a better way of life. And friend, the, I mean, the message fell on deaf ears, but the people began to hate Moses because they had failed to see the type of Christ and all this. Friend, you ought to take, take your Bible and get in the Old Testament and read about Joseph and read about Moses. And as you read about that, think about what Jesus has done for you. It'll bless your heart. It really will. And I'm going somewhere with all this tonight. We ain't hit the good stuff yet. We've hit a few bumps here. So those people scorned at Moses, verse 27. The Bible said, But he that did his neighbor wrong thrust him away, saying, Who made thee a ruler and a judge over us? They didn't want Moses to be over them. The world, don't cry, the world does not want Christ to be over them in our day. So we see this man took the lead in rejecting Moses like the people of Jesus' day did as well. The Bible said in John 1.11, He came into His own, and His own received Him not. Now, I'm going slow. We're getting somewhere. Okay, that is just what happened to Moses. That's what happened to Christ. The people thought that Moses had stooped down from the heights of Egypt. They thought that He was going to lord this over their head tonight. Christ, may I say to you tonight, stepped out of heaven. And I believe that there was more people that truly knew than what wanted to admit. And they believed He was going to lord this over their head tonight. I mean, friend, how could these Jews tonight not see this time? I know blindness in part happened to Israel. But we know that He had only come to identify with them like Christ came from heaven to identify with us. Now, what this Hebrew man shows in our text, he shows resentment toward Moses. He shows jealousy. And he shows envy. So all this shows you and me a type of when the people delivered Jesus to Pilate. It was envy that the people rejected Moses. It's envy that people rejected Christ. The Bible said in Matthew 27 and 18, For he knew that for envy they had delivered him. Now Stephen is telling these folks, it's taken me a while to get to where we're going, it's t- Stephen's telling these folks that's why they had Jesus Christ crucified. It's for envy. The type was obvious, but it was all this tonight that's going to strike a chord with these men. Now I want you to understand, Stephen is showing how that Israel had treated its previous little S saviors, if you will, the ones who were going to lead them out. 
Joseph gave them corn in Egypt. Moses led them out of the bondage of Egypt. And what did they do? They murmured and they complained and they grumbled and they griped. Is that not how we treat Christ? I mean, let's be honest. When you woke up this morning, what was the first thing you said? I know what I said. Oh man, I'm going to be late for work. That's exactly what I said. And then I went down the road and I didn't give Christ any honor and any glory. I should have took a second. Thank you, Lord. I'm awake, but now I've got to go. Amen. Look here. Read verse 29. I want you to see this. We're going to leave. Look at this right here. Then fled Moses at this saying and was a stranger in the land of Midian. Now I want you to get hold of this. Where he begat two sons. The people scorned at Moses. The people scorned at Christ. We know that that was this people of Israel and what a type all this is. Now, Jesus is just like Moses in our text. He came to His own. His own received Him not. You say, preacher, we know that. So it was the Israelites that had misunderstood Moses just like they misunderstood Christ. But it was while He was exiled from Egypt and from among His own people that God gave Moses a family. I'm going to say that one more time because I don't think it's registered. Get a hold of this. Okay, he was exiled from his people, just like Jesus. Jesus came into his own, his own received not. But the whole time he was exiled, God gave him a family. Let me say that one more time. It's totally clear. God gave him a family out of his own country. Listen, the Bible said in Exodus 2, 21 through 22. And Moses was content to dwell with the man. And he gave Moses Zipporah his daughter. And she bare him a son. And he called his name Gershom. For he said, I've been a stranger in a strange land. May I say to you tonight, Christ became a stranger in a strange land as well. He became a stranger among his own. His own cast him out. Listen, the Sanhedrin council had to now know what Stephen is talking about. If you ain't figured it out yet, you will. Listen here. He was showing them another type of Jesus Christ in the life of Moses. It was just like God had given Moses a bride away from his country. That God gave Jesus Christ. Have you ever heard it? I am. If you're saved, you are. Because Christ, even though they cast him out, Christ went down and he got himself a bride. He said, My own will receive me. Those Gentiles will. And if you're saved tonight, you're part of the bride of Christ. And it doesn't matter what life takes you, what life throws you. It doesn't matter tonight what you go through. Christ is going to come back and He's going to get His bride. And you know what the best part about it is? We get to be part of it. I don't think some of you got that. We're part of the bride of Christ. He was showing them this whole time about Jesus Christ. Glory to God, those of us that are saved are going to go to a marriage supper like we've never seen before. 
I'm telling you, I've seen big meals down here. And I like to eat. But I'm telling you up there, there's going to be a meal like we can't even imagine on this side. The marriage supper of the Lamb. And you and me have got front row tickets to the best supper of the world. Amen. Ain't you glad that Christ came and got himself a bride? Amen. Well, if you're here and if you're saved, you and I don't deserve a thing except for hell. This man Jesus came identified as you and as me. And as unworthy as I stand tonight, if Christ had to go back and look at him, he would have. But I'm glad the Bible said that he'd done it once for all. It's safe. We're saved. Born again. A king's ransom was paid for me. I'm a royal descendant. Said, preacher, well, you don't look like it. No, I don't. But I am. Because he did. Maybe you're just glad tonight to be saved. Jesus Christ did not have to come. Did not have to go looking for a Gentile bride. But he did. And boy, I tell you what, one of these days.